and welcome back to another episode of Entertainx, where we highlight the work and achievements of different Latinx individuals across the entertainment industry. I am your lovely host, Ingrid Nin, and on today's episode, I will be talking with the amazing, the spectacular, Amanda Rivera. Amanda is a Salvadorian-American freelance producer from Long Island, New York. Her passion for film and social justice issues have shaped her to become a filmmaker. She aspires to create and uplift more authentic projects about Latin culture, especially about Central America and its international diaspora. Amanda is currently producing the Salvadorian-American coming-of-age film these days, which will be filmed this summer in Brentwood, New York. During her free time, she enjoys writing poetry, photography, comedy, and praying for Rihanna to release a new album. We are all praying for that. So please join me in welcoming Amanda. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. So Rihanna, I love her to death. I just have to say she's doing so many great things in the world. But yeah, I'm doing great today. I'm I'm having a good time right now. I'm drinking my green tea. I'm all settled. I love that for you. Good thing we got out of the way that we're both, you know, everyone listening here is expecting Rihanna to release someday. But in the meantime, we'll just cuddle up with our Savage X Fenty and our Fenty Beauty. So and I'm I'm drinking my tea too. I have my little lemon tea right here. So oh, so delicious. I think that's the vibe today, you know, just very chill, very laid back, very just, you know. Yeah, I mean, what what can you do like during a February day during a pandemic lockdown? <laughs> exactly. And with all the snow that just happened, like. That is right. So tell me, Amanda, what first got you interested in producing and, and going into film in general? There's always been like a passion within myself. I know that sounds really cliche to say. I've always had a passion for film, but. I always also had this onset of self-doubt creeping in. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. You know, like when I was uh, a senior in high school and I thought that it was like too complicated or like I didn't have the resources enough. Like I thought I had to have a film made for some reason or like a short film made. And so then I decided not to go into it. But then uh, I went for fashion in another state in uh, Rhode Island. Realized I hated it. Didn't like it. Had a dream. Realized it was not for me. I'm very, like, you know, spiritual like that. Wait, what's the dream? What's the dream, though? I, I kind of want to hear what the dream is. The dream, it was very bizarre. It was actually, I, I would love to paint it one day because it's still ingrained in my mind. But essentially, it was uh, a castle on a hill. And uh, somewhere in Long Island, believe it or not. But um, it was a castle on a hill. And then, like, I guess I admired the castle and then, like, around the castle there was like I want to say I think it was like the Long Island Sound um and so then like I saw like a father and a kid there just like playing with this like milky green out of this world type of water and so it doesn't make sense the way that I say it right now but when I looked into it you know like dream colors and uh interpretations and whatnot I think it signifies like a dissatisfaction of where I am and where I want to be possibly. I have to double check on this. I could be wrong. But whatever it was motivated me to be like, all right, fashion was not for me. I wasn't going to be dolled up at like 7 a.m. to enter a class about retail shops, you know. So, you know, I was like, it's, you know, I'm going to I'm going to switch it to marketing. I uh, went back home, uh, went to Queens College from there, like just trying to figure out you know, along the lines of like more so my identity and whatnot. And because there was a lack of identity, uh, I started looking for online uh, social media. 
And in discovering this online social media, this one social media page that I follow posted one day a casting call. And I was like, casting call? Salvadorian director, you know, like looking for Salvadorian actors. I was like, no way. Like, this is insane. Not insane in a bad way, but just like insane as as in like I've never seen this before in my life. And so I saw it and I was like, all right, well, I look too old to be a teenager and I look too young to be a mom in her 30s or 40s. So, you know, I would love to like help out in any way that I can. So I, you know, I, uh, I messaged the director and I was like, hey, you know, if I could assist you in any sort of way, I would love to meet up or something like that. And so graciously, like he wrote back to me. His name is Junior Gonzalez. He's an amazing Salvadoran filmmaker. He actually did a couple of documentaries before. So this is his first feature film. And yeah, so I we spoke. We met in person. I helped him out with getting a um, rehearsal space and coordinating a few things between some of the cast members that he had casted. And this was only to do like a concept trailer for his feature film. But then after through all this discussions and whatnot, he was actually really nice about it. I was like, hey, you know, I would love to have you on board as my co-producer. And I was like, no, oh, because I feel like I, I skipped so many steps. And, you know, in a way I kind of did. But it puts you in a position of trying something new, even if it's scary. And so I really appreciated that he had that faith in me and is still taking that faith in me in trusting how to produce this film. So it's been an interesting journey uh, so far. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That Especially you have to jump all those steps too, because usually... To even get near like a feature, you know, you have to start your little baby steps like, okay, I'm going to be a PA, then I'm going to be coordinator and then move up the ladder. But it seems like you were just kind of uh, thrown into the water, you know, like both feet deep. Yeah. So I did PAs on some of like my friends projects. So it's not to say like I I didn't necessarily. So I, I did PA on some projects. I was briefly a script supervisor for another web series as well. And so with those tools of actually just, you know, trying to put myself out there, that also emboldened me to entertain the idea of even trying to go into producing. And essentially what I love about it, too, is just that connecting with other people, you know, connecting and in, in, uh, making the story come alive, because that's that's also my real passion is helping people. So I'm glad I could actually do that with with uh, these projects. I resonate with that a lot because that's the same reason why I really want to go into the producing slash creative producing development route is to help people and to help their stories be made. So I really love that. I, I think that's just so, um, so encouraging to hear that like, you know, you're doing something that's really, really meaningful to you. I'm just over the moon about that. Did you have, you know, when he asked you that, did you have any like kind of doubts or like worries, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like such a big task. Do you have any like overwhelming feelings like that? I was like, I was like, is he, is he okay? Like, this is so much. I literally did skip a couple of steps. Like, what is he doing? You know, but no, he's been like super sweet about it. Very nice. And since this is his first feature and most of ours, like first uh, working together with a film, though, I feel like we're also very compassionate and uh, empathetic and in, in helping each other out, you know, especially if we don't know something like maybe someone has more knowledge on one subject of like business matters versus the creative and just having that freedom to ask that. So. That's awesome. So then explain to us, you know, 
what exactly is these days about and how has the journey been you know as a producer for bringing this project to life you know especially during COVID-19 so these days is about a kid named Jay he's a 14 year old artist and he's just more or less trying to figure out you know the journey he's supposed to take it's a coming-of-age film that takes place in a Salvadoran neighborhood in Brentwood, New York, which is a suburb outside of New York City. And so he's just trying to figure out, you know, his transition from boyhood to young adulthood and everything that ensues as life can be really unexpected, um, especially during such a pivotal age, being 14. So, uh, yeah, so the journey of the film so far... Obviously, filmmaking is very hard, especially if you're an indie filmmaker. Um, But I don't think anyone really foresaw the effects or the magnitude of the pandemic. So that was something really interesting. To give you a framework, we filmed the concept trailer in August 2019. And then from there, we launched a Kickstarter in January 2020. That Kickstarter didn't work as well as we would like we would have liked because I I think it was like we we didn't manage it correctly in terms of like budget wise like what realistically what it would be and just a whole bunch of other issues so that didn't work out right so we decided to seek outside help and we found a consulting company who like they're very rooted in in figuring out they have like more of a formulaic um, understanding of how to crowdfund we use seed and spark in march and so we started March 1st. The pandemic technically hit New York City around that time. So mostly everything stopped mid-March. And that was in, like right in the middle of our campaign. Since we already did the Kickstarter beforehand. Yeah. Since we already did the Kickstarter beforehand, uh, we were like, all right, like I know times are tough right now. And it seems almost impossible to, to do. But we have to get this film done. Like, we need to at least at least secure the funds, you know? Like, given the understanding that, you know, people were, like, losing their jobs or losing their loved ones, uh, we had to be really conscientious of the possibility of, A, not reaching that goal, but also, B, if there was a way to, to inspire hope for people that, like, we can get this done, especially to the audiences that we wanted to cater to, you know, something that, you know, despite of all the obstacles and whatnot that we were able to manage to do it. And so luckily we did. We, I mean, we're still fundraising and whatnot in different other ways, but at least we secured that. So that was really (laughs) challenging because every single day I was looking, I was like, did it go up? Uh, Who did I reach out to? What can I do? Oh my gosh, did I do something wrong? Like it was, it was a really stressful two months, especially when, when you don't know, you know, the the gravity of what the world is going to look like in those couple of months. And we still don't even know what it's going to be like. But it definitely showed us that we were very resilient and that love and passion really guided us along the way. You know, you kind of need that hope in dark times. Oh, I love that. I love how that was able to kind of uh, bring the spirits up of everyone who was rooting for you and following you through such dark times too and i'm really proud of you guys for even being able to do that especially the beginning of the pandemic i remember being in the city when it first started and it felt like everything was just shutting down so rapidly and like you know from zero to a hundred you know it's weird even talking about it too it seems like 
some weird dystopian film where you know like if you go to Times Square it's it's basically empty you know and I would have never thought I would have seen that you know literally in a movie this is the only place I would have seen that um so it's weird life imitating art and vice versa so then what do you think that, you know, our listeners should know about when they want to do a crowdfunding project, you know, besides attempting to to crowdfund within a pandemic? What do you think is something really important that they should keep in mind before, you know, jumping into it for their own projects? A, doing some research, depending on what type of film you want to do, whether it's a short film, whether it's a TV, a web series or a feature, you know, doing some research of like the budget costs about that i'm pretty sure like there's a few things on eventbrite as well where like they'll they'll be like free classes that you can look at as well and also figuring out whether you have written the script or not figuring out and establishing what kind of target audience you're looking for i think that will definitely like alleviate any sort of potential stresses that that might ensue um, because once you kind of know what uh, audience you're looking at you can sell it or pitch it a lot better to to X amount of people. So I think those two things are really a component in crowdfunding. Also researching what crowdfunding works best for you. We use Seed and Spark, which I liked because there comes a point where like there's a certain percentage where you can reach and then past that you can keep it all. It doesn't have to be 100%. You can keep it uh, at a certain point, which I think it was like 80%. And then, yeah, I think also just establishing uh, a separate fund for uh, your filmmaking, you don't want to mix personal with film. That kind of gets a bit crazy. So I would say those are like my big three advices. Yeah, but it sounds like you're doing such an amazing job thus far. And, uh, you know, really, you know, even though you failed the one time, it really sounds like it was a really important failure for you to learn from and, you know, get to where you guys are today with the project. So that's amazing. Yeah. Also, I just want to add one last thing. Always try to count on uh, the people who support you, your friends, your family, your community, and also trying to extend past your your comfort zones, you know? Because also asking for fundraising and donating and stuff can be a little uncomfortable, but you really have to want it in order to, to see it through. So I definitely appreciate all of like my, my family and friends and like brand ambassadors who helped out along the way because without them, I don't I don't really know how we would have gotten that no I love that yeah I think that's super important for whoever's listening to know that that you know it's those around you who you can really count on to help you and get your projects made too when it comes to crowdfunding so I know this project is super super important to you especially since it's a it's a Salvadorian centered film on the you know the immigrant experience so you know I know with your filmmaking journey like you said before it's really important for you to tell stories especially from the Central American diaspora so why is that representation so important for you as a filmmaker? I previously mentioned that because of the lack of representation that I've, I haven't seen on, on screen, it's literally like finding like a needle in the haystack for even people in the creative field or even positive uh, representation. Everything is usually, if you look at the media, most Salvadorians or even Central Americans are perceived as either gang members or, you know, negative connotations with illegal immigration. And, you know, it's especially for like people who don't necessarily grow up with with that cult, with the culture of like their heritage. It's really hard to find some sort of 
uh, roots in that, you know, when everything is just negative. So to me, finding Junior and finding the rest of this cast was like an immense pleasure to to work with and 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 know. And I'm so humbled, you know, to be working with them. Hopefully other people can see this film and and feel the same way. Like even with the concept trailer that we put out on our social media pages, we got like an influx of messages and comments and emails you know, telling people like, oh, like I showed this to my teen and he loved it. Or like, finally, a movie about Salvadorian Americans, you know, in this neighborhood, you know, that was a thing that also the director wanted to have. It was filming in an authentic uh, Salvadorian neighborhood. He grew up in the Bay Area in California. So this is somewhat loosely based off his experience over there. But the point that he wanted to, to prove and pay tribute to is that these pockets of communities are all throughout the United States. So it doesn't matter if you're living in Houston, if you're living in uh, LA, DC, New York, like these, this is something that people can relate to universally. And you don't even have to be Salvadoran. You could just be whoever, you know, and you could still identify or resonate with, with the characters within this film. So, yeah, I think that it's really important to see yourself on screen, especially because so much of media and more or less white media tries to whitewash everything. So to answer your question, it's super important. And I love or at least like I I try to the best of my ability to reach out and search out for other Central American artists or creatives because of that lack of representation, you know, that's swallowed in within all these media realms. Connecting with that. What do you think are the steps that Hollywood needs to do to do a better job of representing Latinx individuals, especially from Central American descent, that they are here, that they are present and they should be seen in the media, you know, aside from being seen in the negative light that you mentioned? So I think a number of things, I know I've been hearing a lot of chatter about the whole diversity and inclusion thing and how flawed those mechanisms can be. But I really think it's just really seeking out people, like seeking out nonprofits or uh, hiring more people to that level. And I think a lot of that has to do with it's a mixture of like word of mouth in a sense. But yeah, just just start hiring people. Personally, if it was me, like I, if I don't know something about a subject, I would hire a consultant for accuracy so you don't like offend anyone or at least it's done in a conscientious way. Yeah, I definitely think a lot more people should gravitate towards development because that's where we need the most uh, vocal support as well. I think I was listening. In, oh, okay, yes, I was listening into uh, Gloria Calderon Colette, I think, and she, on Clubhouse, and she mentioned, uh, you know, it's a lot. I guess it's a lot easier to go into a room where you have someone understanding where you're coming from, rather going to a room where it's just like old white men executives you know like I don't think that they would necessarily completely understand it um or at least the need for it unless you know you you say hey like you know this amount of people money wise etc you know unless you unless you wave the money in their face then they'll be like okay maybe but even then I'm not even too certain you know how that would be receptive but yeah just having having your own peers rise up in these positions would definitely make a world of difference even just going to some schools and providing some sort of internships with pay I think making those adjustments like that would make a world of difference at least that's the world's difference I I would like to see more I 100% agree 
I think it's so important for people like who look like us, who know our culture and who, who know that it's not a monolith that you can just fit, you know, every single ethnicity into one, one broad label as like Latinx or Latino, you know? So yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that's why I personally want to go into development and go into that route too. It's to help stories like these days and, other ones that might be within the, you know, within the culture that aren't usually seen in the mainstream. I love that about you, Ingrid. Like, honestly, would love, I'm telling you, I'm putting this out there as like an affirmation or whatever comes to fruition. Like, would love to work with you on something or or even just, you know, helping each other out in terms of uh, uplifting each other's stories or of other artists that we, we know of. You're such a soul. I love it. I love you. So you're so great. I am manifesting this too. Mind you, mind you all listening, we will be working on a project one day. Yes, we will. You know, you will see it on the mainstream. And you know what? Give us our money when you do. Give us our monies. Pay me. Because exactly pay us our dues because you're going to see. You'll see. All of you. All of you will see. Yes. So then, you know, before we go, what is just some advice you would love to give your younger self who was trapped in that kind of feeling of like, oh, I did fashion, but I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't really know where to go from here. How would you direct yourself then to go more towards the route that you're you're in today? I would say, listen to the beat of your drum, honestly. Like I said, I'm filled with cliches and whatnot, but listen to yourself. Don't, don't take shit from anyone else. I don't care if they're like, well, that's not what you should be doing. Like, what should I be doing in this life? You're your own person. You do what you want. What I realize is that, you know, life is obviously so short that why am I stuck behind doing something I hate? And that's something I never want to settle with. I never want to settle with that ever again because I did and I was miserable and it really brought me to a really terrible place. And, you know, by doing this film, uh, it's opened the doors for me in terms of even what I, I would like to do for myself. You know, I'm even starting to think of doing my own short someday. I'm not sure. Or even just writing my own story one day. So like, I have some ideas, but I needed that encouragement, too. I, I'm more of like, or at least like I, I would tr- want to focus more on like the whole comedy, dramedy type of genre like that. I feel like it's like my strong suit. But yeah, it you never know. Like I I would have if you told me like 10 years ago, I would have never pictured this cuz I would have pictured my life completely different, you know? To be on this level as well of like working with other uh people who look like me who are culturally like understand, you know, it makes a world of difference. So I really want people to just follow your intuition, you know? Not letting anyone penetrate your your dreams like that, you know, or dismissing them as such because then honestly like I don't think those people are really looking out for your best interests if they're telling you that. If they're not with you, maybe those aren't the people that you should be taking on with you on your journey. You know, let's just say that. Exactly. You know, you only want to have positivity around you, reassurance around you. And if something is for you, then by God, it is for you. Unless I'm asking you like, hey, can you take a look at what I'm writing? Is it great? Is it not? Like if I'm asking you something, then fine you can let me know but other than that if if all you're gonna do is tear me down like you're not gonna do this you're not gonna do that like it's not no it's not conducive to your aspirations 
all criticism should always be constructive. If it's anything but that, then it needs to go out the door. Period. Get out of here. Forget about it. Forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) So where can our listeners follow you? Where can they follow these days and, you know, keep up with the project? Okay, so professionally, you can follow these days at These Days Movie. Also, these days, uh, www.thesedaysmovie.com. And or you can follow me on my silly Instagram, which is cookies and apple juice. So it's cookies and A-P-P-L-J-U-Z. So apple juice, cookies and apple juice. I, I'll leave everything typed down in the description below. And do you have any final words before we go? um yeah just keep if you're writing or if you're wanting to do this like just do it just do it uh feel free to reach out and listen listen to your heart man like uh you know there's an abundance of people who are also rooting for you that you don't even know about yet so be be sure to just do it full 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 on (laughs) full force thank you for coming on today thank you for having me You're the best, my Virgo rising twin. Exactly. I'm really huge on astrology, so I love that we connect like that. Next episode that I'm going to have her on, guys, it's all just astrology. Throwing out film through the window, all astrology session. There we go. Letting you know now. (laughs) So, yes, again, thank you for coming on today. And for you folks listening, please follow us at EntertainXNow on Instagram, Twitter, and be sure to tune in next time for another episode of Entertain X. Take care, y'all.